How you guys doing today? <laughs> nah, great. Well, hey, if uh, today's an interesting day because I've yet to determine. Well, I think this is going to be a new series. Um, but regardless of that, I think it's funny because I think the message today that that I'm going to try, we're going to try to find in God's Word is one of those things that we all need. Which, if you're one of those people today that struggled to get here, that's probably why, right? We have an enemy, he can't, he can't get to us, but he can try to lie to us, discourage us, get us to focus on things that aren't um, him. I mean, <clears throat> that, aren't, that aren't God. And when we do that, you know, there's a reason for that. There's a reason he wants to do that. So if you beat that today, good job. <clears throat> and uh, some of you are like, I beat it, but I'm, in a, I'm still really grumpy. That's okay. We got a little bit of time. Um, is anyone here, has anyone here read or had read to them as a child Chronicles of Narnia? Raise your hand. Great. Who's never heard of the Chronicles of Narnia? I just want to see if no one really has. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so C.S. Lewis wrote that. If, you, if you've been coming here a while or you're familiar with me, I love C.S. Lewis. Um, my dead mentor is what I call him, right? <clears throat> uh, pretty cool story. In the book, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, the Chronicles of Narnia are about these kids that go from England into this wardrobe originally, and they go into this magical world. And they meet, at the first book, this evil witch, and the land is covered in snow. And I have to explain it, guys, because about half of you claim you've never, never heard, read this or heard of this. I should have asked, who saw the movie? Okay, that's a little better. So you get the gist of it. Um, and then in it, Aslan, right? Aslan represents who? Hashibu? Yeah. <laughs> the times you're confident versus the times you're not, right? Uh, you guys are really loud and clear when you're confident. Yeah, it's Jesus. In the uh, book, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, the youngest daughter comes back, and her brother and their cousin. And they're on this ship. That's the Dawn Treader. And in this ship, there's a part where they come into this. It, it, it describes it almost like utter darkness comes over. So imagine being in the ocean. And utter darkness comes everywhere. And they're looking for this island. And then in the midst of this, they rescue this guy in the water. They hear it more than see it. Pull this guy up. Picture just utter darkness. Pull this guy up. And he's kind of like, hey, you need to get out of here. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he's like, this island. Long story short, they, it's called the island of dreams. And he says, no, you're not getting it. All your dreams become real. Right? Is what he's saying. Meaning what else? Yeah, nightmares is the implication. And in the middle of all of this happening... Lucy, which is the youngest daughter, that's ironic, she got up right as I said that. Lucy um, starts getting afraid. She said she starts, and she's kind of calling out, Aslan, where are you? And it's kind of cool, and I thought about reading it to you. Have it. Okay, I'll read it to you. You talk me into it. <clears throat> so in the midst of all this, there was black, everyone was st staring in the same direction. Behind everyone lay black, sharply edged shadow. Scary stuff. Lucy looked along the beam and presently saw something in it. And at first it looked like a cross, then it looked like an acroplane, then it looked like a kite, and at last with a whirring of wings it was right overhead and was an albatross. This thing shifted forms. It circled three times around the mast and perched for an instant on the crest of the gilded dragon at the prow. That's the dragon at the front. It's called out in a strong, sweet voice what seemed to be words, though no one understood them. After that, it spread its wings, rose, and began to fly slowly ahead, bearing a little towards starboard. 
Drinny and the guy steering, steered after it, not doubting that it offered good guidance, so began to guide them in this darkness. But no one except Lucy knew that as it circled the mast, it had whispered to her, courage, dear heart, and the voice she felt sure was Aslan's. So in the middle of this fear, when no one else could understand, when she called out to him, right, the sky didn't stop being dark, right? The scary stuff didn't go away, but she heard Aslan say, courage. Who in the past, I don't know, let's say week, and if you don't, some of you are going to be afraid to raise your hand, who's felt discouraged by situations, wow, man, yeah. Have you ever thought about the word discouragement? Discouragement, right? Removing of courage, removing of your confidence, That's what it does, right? When tough times come, at the end of the day, what it's really doing is you don't have courage. It takes away your confidence in what? Maybe yourself, maybe your your marriage, your situation, your finances, even your faith, right? All of those things. That's what it does. Discouragement and, and circumstances try to take your courage. Listen, sometimes it's even the stuff in your head. You know, sometimes we're so hurt that we look for discouragement because we're more comfortable in discouragement than we are in courage. And that's really, even in our faith, right? The past few weeks, everyone knows when you come here, I've been told this, right? If you like, I don't know if it's a compliment or not, but I heard recently a visitor or someone who was talking to a friend, and they don't tell me the name, but they said, yeah, one thing I like about Todd is he just tells the truth, right? Whether you want to hear it or not. Uh, I guess that's a compliment. Uh, but in that, sometimes truth gets uh, mixed with uh, conviction. The only time you can hear truth is when it's hard stuff. And that, there, there is some truth to that, right? The Bible tells us what to do and what not to do, and that can be hard to hear, right? And conviction is that, that still small voice, the Holy Spirit in us saying, ah, get back on the, the right track. But there's a truth that the Bible tells us, and really the overarching truth of the gospel, of the Bible itself, is not just discouragement. It should never be. It's joy and peace. And even now, as I say it, you're going, okay, here's the Christian joy, peace could talk. No. You know why that is? Because you, just like me, some of you in this room, you're not joyful people. Okay? How do I know I'm looking at you? All right? Some of you all got the grumpy faces. Okay? And I promise you, one of these days, I'm going to come up and do a sermon where I'm going to frown and grimace and growl the whole time until someone goes, what's going on here? I'm going to go, that's you, right? <clears throat> so I always used to tell people <laughs> to make myself feel better, hey, Todd, you're a pessimist. I'm like, no, I'm a realist, right? Anyone ever said that before? That's just a way for me to justify my discouragement sometimes. So I want to watch a video real quick. It's, it's five minutes. By the way, turn your cell phones off. All right, I got one of you. Because last week, beep, 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 while we're watching this, I don't want you to beep, 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 right? Go ahead and turn it off. Someone's still not going to, probably Allie, because she don't like to listen to anything anyone says. Um, But go ahead and watch this video, and we'll come back and and continue on. Everybody has a hero. Okay. Mine's my dad. Yes, I get it. Since mom died, it's only been us. He has a way of filling my life with color. Dad. Sometimes I don't understand his advice, but I trust him. And what always brought us together was our love for running. 
one day, I'll be faster than him. And when I am, I'm gonna win every marathon in the world. Abby? What's wrong, champ? Or at least that was my plan. I'm losing my sight. And real quick, read to me the lowest level that you can see on there. What is called is interocular melanoma. Eye cancer. Unfortunately, you will lose your vision. That was the day my father disappeared. Okay. Dad! Winky wakey. Ready to run, champ? Come on. I thought he would always be there for me. I guess I was wrong. Dad, where are you? abandoned me. Where are you, Dad? Where did you go? Do you not love me anymore? Am I still beautiful? Are you no longer proud of me? How could you leave me when I need you the most? Dad? Dad? Dad, why did you leave me? Abby thinks I've left her. And as much as it pains me to hear that, she's right. I've left her. The best that we can do is can save the things? actual eye so that cosmetically she doesn't lose it. That's my girl. That's my girl. That's my little girl. There's support groups, and I know this is a very difficult time. No! I've left her to realize she's more courageous than she ever imagined. I've left her to discover how beautiful she is from the inside out. I've left her to challenge herself in ways she never considered. I've left her to discover how strong she really is. Think about how far you've come. Don't you make me think you 
My dad says he gave me what I needed, not what I wanted. You ready? Yep. Folks, what we're seeing here is amazing. This is a testament of true love. Love is allowing mother. someone to see their true worth and beauty. I used to think my dreams were over. I thought I'd never run again. And even though I can't see my dad, I know he's guiding me the entire way. I heard the sniffling, so I know it got some of you. Yeah, me too. Almost did it again. I got allergies. So, why does this video impact us so much, right? And it's weird because I already had the the concept of this um, message when Mandy sent me this video in the middle of a workout. So my allergies are acting up in the gym, literally. It was very embarrassing. People walking right by me. This is all a true story. So I just was like, oh, I'm really tired. Uh, why does this impact you so much? Because, right, and you guys are smart. I mean, clearly the allegory there is the father, right? And if you use that, even this story in real life, right, the, the, the thing that seems most kind in the short term is to do everything for her, right? Now, we're talking from a human perspective, and we'll come back. And, but if he did that, this, this human father, right, is he preparing her for life without him, right? Is he preparing him for the, her for the tough times that are going to come? No. What if, you know, real love in that moment can sometimes feel like it's not love? You know, and I, I thought I understood this. Everyone says this, and I'm telling you right now, you, without, those of you without kids, this was me, right? Like two, two and a half years ago, whatever. And I was like, yeah, 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 I get it, you love kids. But like having my daughter has really changed a lot of how I view that, her being a baby, especially, right? Because a lot of times, she gets upset thinking I'm not loving her, right? When I won't let her just jump off backwards off the couch, things like that. This is real stuff she does, right? And I think it's cool she thinks I'm always going to be able to grab her, right? Uh, it's really keeping my reflexes honed, but she doesn't think that, right? Sometimes she even hits me. That's a true story. She's got to that age where she'll just kind of, I don't know where she gets that violent tendency. But, but I love her so much that, that my desire is, hey, I will make you upset in the short term because I really love you. The person that doesn't love her, right, let's say as much as me, may, who's not with her every moment, may come and give her a piece of candy at 10 o'clock because that's going to make her smile and laugh and have a good time. But I'm the one that knows what that's going to do to her the rest of the night and then what that does the next day, right? <clears throat> what if you believed... And I mean this, because you're going to take your Christian earmuffs off. What if you believe God loved you the way that just that father loved that daughter? Let that sink in. Bare minimum. Bare minimum. What if you, what if God loved you like that, and it wasn't just a, uh, an allegory? It wasn't just words to make you go, yeah, I feel good in the moment. What if he really did? What if you actually believed that? What if God loved you as much as you love the person you love most in this world? Just that much. 
I say this all the time, right? Your spouse. Some of you are like, I don't love, God could, like, no one loves my daughter. I think this all the time. I just thought it today. It's very arrogant. God can't love her more than me. And then I start thinking, what if God loved me just as much as I loved her? Well, I can tell you one thing. My entire life would change if I lived in that. I'm serious, because I know how much I love her. How many of you, right, you don't have to raise your hands here, but be honest. How many of you think you love your spouse, your kids, or even your dog, if you're honest, better and more than God loves you or them? See, everybody's been trained to go, no. And I hope some of you probably really believe that, but a lot of you are like, you'll say it, but deep down, you don't think that. You know why? Why are you afraid then? Why are you afraid for them? Why are you scared? Why are some of you so controlling? If you really believe that, why, why do you have to be the one to hold so tightly onto them? You don't. Right? And part of that is because circumstances in life Things get dark. Things get dark. Listen, the reality is hope doesn't mean that things aren't going to get dark. It doesn't. And one of the hardest things about the Bible, but to me the most encouraging, is that God and Jesus, right, the same. So I say that because whether you're in Old Testament or New, he tells us the same thing. He says that's going to happen. He didn't cause that. We have, and because we've done this and this world's jacked up in a mess, we got to live through circumstances that aren't ideal, even though, right, he loves us. His goal for us, right, we are so focused on the circumstances sometimes of even the hour. But remember, our life is this in the span of eternity. If it was flipped, right, would you rather have 90 good years and a terrible eternity? If that were really true? I want to read some verses to you, okay? And I want to say this, by the way. You do not love whoever or whatever that is more than God does. And let me tell you this. God loves you more than you love that. But if if all you can do today is think of that, that kind of love. That's the farthest your love can go is your love for your dog spot, right? That's okay. We can start there. <clears throat> got a lot of scripture today. Believe it or not, this is just the intro scripture I'm about to show you, but it's important. And I want you, once again, wake up. I'm going to throw a podium, right? <clears throat> <clears throat> I want you to think about this as more than just words on a page. Long-term Christians, I'm talking to you. I've heard every sermon in the world. I am God, and you float around, right? That's why you're grumpy all the time, because you don't like anybody telling you anything. Turn to 1 John chapter 4, and there's a verse in here that I say all the time to myself, 1 John chapter 4, and I'm going to start in verse 9, I'm going to kind of hop around a little. God's love was revealed among us in this way, God sent his one and only son, into the world that we might live through him. There you go. Everybody glosses over that. So let me put it a different way. God loves you so, proved his love for you because he sent his only son to die for you. I love a lot of you. Okay, I do. Probably more than you think. But the idea of someone came and said, hey, just give, give up, right? Give up Daisy. Give up Jericho. Let the, give, give all that up just so for you. It comes a lot harder. 
Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. There it is again. Love, this is so powerful. Love is this. It's not that you love God, right? but that he loved us. This is how, jump down to 13, this is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. Hey, you want to know how much he loves you? You want to know he's with you? This is how you can know. He's given you his spirit. Drop down to 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God remains in him and he in God. Some of you all in this room, right, you get stuck on a lot of the other stuff. Well, I'm, I'm still struggling with this addiction. I'm, I'm angry. I'm depressed. I'm, you know, I don't know what. Whatever that shameful thing is. So, God, is God really with me? Well, that's not, there's no small print here. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we've come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. I like this. We've come to know and to believe. Knowing and believing it are different. Right now, I'm telling you so you know that God loves you, but some of you aren't to the place yet that you believe that. Two-step process. My hope today is that we can go from knowing to believing just a little bit more. And if you believe and know that, guys, here's a hint, here's a thesis. Discouragement fades. We've come to know and to believe that lo- the love that God has for us. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. That's interesting. Love, knowing his love for us, leads to a confidence in this world. Why? You wanna, do you want to hurt that thing or person you love just to hurt them? Huh? No. 18, listen to this. Right? We have... 17, I'm sorry. And this love is made complete with us so that we have confidence in the day of judgment. We know that when God comes back, we know that we can be confident, right, that of our standing with him because of his love in us. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There's another weird thing. So not only in the judgment, but because how he was in this world, the world's going to treat us that way. It's going to be hard. Was it easy for Jesus? No, right? Listen, if you were of the world, things would be a lot easier for you. I promise. You don't offend people when you go along with the flow. You don't upset people. You don't make people mad when you tell them that their truth is truth. 18, listen to this. Let this sink in. There is no fear in love. Ooh, this one gets me, guys. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear. Why? Because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. Boy, I love this verse for a lot of reasons. But you don't ever need to fear. You don't ever need to fear. You don't ever need to fear that you've went too far, that God's going to, you know, even the word in Christianity when it says God disciplines those he loves. Some of you all have taken that and twisted it, and you live in fear because you're confusing discipline with punishment. I've even had conversations with very smart people very intelligent men of God, and they, they, they argue this because, and I'm sitting there going, do you hear what you're arguing? You're arguing that discipline and punishment are the same. Do you want to live in that? 
And the truth is, that's not the same. Punishment is, is something that happens to you or given to you, right, in order for you to pay a price. Whether that's pain, whether that's finances, punishment has nothing to do with what happens to you after. Punishment isn't concerned with your well-being after whatever that punishment is happens. It doesn't, it, it, there's no concern for that. Discipline is different. Discipline is something that betters us, right? That's why we use the word like, hey, we got to have discipline, what, in our fitness, in our job, whatever. It's something that makes us better. That's why I like that picture in the video, right? Sometimes discipline is him grabbing that rope that she's holding on to and pulling a little harder, right? It doesn't always, it's not always spanking you know, some of you have been in this room, if you've, if you've grown up in abusive situations, that's hard for us because our mind doesn't understand that, All right? I understand. Our mind doesn't understand that difference. And so we live in fear a lot, right? If I go too far, where's the line where the, where the, the belt's coming? The fist, whatever. Perfect love drives out fear. Who's the only one that can... Love us perfect. God, right? It just tells us that. Because fear involves punishment. So if you're fearful, you've not been perfected in love. Some of you are going, okay, that's going on my checklist to be better at. That's not the point. The point is, you're not fully getting it. If you're a fearful, if you're afraid, you're not fully grasping the depth of his love for you. Because if you did, you wouldn't be afraid. And then 19, listen. We love because he first loves us. Now, in the context of this, there's also the calling to love other people, right? That's what the apostle's telling us here. But I included that for this reason. That love I told you you have for someone, you don't even, the only reason you even have a concept of what love is is because he loved you first. Some of you get angry when I remind you that God loves you because you're much more comfortable with God the judge than God the loving father. A lot of times religious people are that way. Right? That's why they'll be like, oh, he's talking about grace. That means uh, he's saying sin's okay. The only reason you believe that is, right, you want to live in that, that box because you're comfortable there. Why is it so hard to believe that God loves us? Why, is it, why does that video hit us? Because there's no concept on this earth we have no example of the kind of love God gives us. Some of you in this room may care about me, right? You may love me. If I slap you every hour, right, you might, some of you all are done after an hour, okay? You're done after the first slap. We're fist fighting. I know you, okay? That's how it is. But some of you are like, I'll go two, three hours. I just walk up, and I'm nice to you. I love you. You guys are awesome. Here's some money. Slap. Hey, you're awesome. Slap, right? And then the point is, every time I walk up, you're going to go, right? You don't know when it's coming, right? <laughs> you're not going, eventually you're going to say, I am not going to have a relationship with you anymore. And yet God allows us to do that over and over and over again. And again, I'll use my daughter. She has legitimately slapped me in the face. I can see it, right? She'll go, Hannah's going, mm, she's done it to her too. Yeah, right? She'll go. And I... <laughs> And I will actually, this is embarrassing, I've started to flinch a little because it can come out of nowhere. I'm like, I love you. <laughs> right? 
but I love her. I don't think of the slaps when I think of her. The slaps don't stop me from hugging her, kissing her, from picking her up, from helping her, from feeding her, from giving her what she needs. But, right, if she's a grown woman and she's slapping me every day, I don't know. I like to think I would, but there might be a point of like, hey, you can't come over anymore, right? We don't have, my point is we don't have an example from a human perspective of the kind of love God offers us through Christ. We don't. And so because of that, we live in what we know, what we're comfortable with. And here's something that is, is deep to me, may or not be to you. Sometimes we're scared because we know where our line is. We know where our line is. And that's scary, isn't it? Because if God loves us even to our line, uh uh-oh. Sometimes that meaning we know where our line is even to love ourselves. So I I kind of, before we move on, I I want you to think the point of all this today is what? Courage, dear heart. Every one of you, almost probably 98% of you raised your hand and said you're feeling discouraged today. Me too, at times, right? It's so easy. Shame. You ever have that? You ever have a good day and all of a sudden something you did five years ago, ten years ago just comes in your head? Where do you think that comes from? Anything to distract you from the truth. So I got a lot of scripture today, and there's a point behind it, all right? But I want you to focus on the words, and I want you to do me a favor you long-term Christians particularly. And everybody's always like, Todd, you hate Christians. Someone sent that in. I don't hate Christians. I'm one of you. But I know that different, um, different stages of this faith journey struggle with different things. Right? Early on, you might have all that, that fire and that energy and that desire to learn and grow, right? But you don't have some of the maturity that comes with that, right? Meaning you don't do the discipline so well. Well, I don't have to read the Bible. You don't think about that stuff. And then some of you have been doing this Christianity thing so long that it's habit. You, you read the Bible, you pray, right? You say grace and all that, but you have a hard time being taught or listening or hearing the word of God anymore because in your mind, whether you mean to or not, it's not necessarily arrogant. You've heard it all before. That is a very, stop waiting to be entertained so much that you're able to listen. You understand? I am not entertaining enough to make you... <laughs> Listen to God's word. You have, to, you have to try. Do you want truth? So take your earmuffs off today. Take off that, that habit of going, I get it. Can we get over so I can eat my tacos, right? I don't know if we're at peanut butter sandwich today, I think. Anyway, Romans chapter 8. One of my favorite, one of my favorite books of the Bible, but one of my favorite chapters in Romans, Okay. And actually, weirdly enough, chapter 7 is. I'm going to leave that hanging because if you know chapter 7, you're like, why would that be your favorite? Because <laughs> I really, really uh, understand where Paul's coming from there. Right? I do what I don't want to do and don't do what I want to do. Anyway, we're going to start at verse 14. Hey, let this sink in today. Read it like it's the first time. Hear it like it's the first time. For all those led by God's Spirit, remember we said earlier, here's the proof. God said he gave our spirit. It all goes together, right? First John. For all those who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons. And daughters, it's implied, right? For you did not receive a spirit of slavery, here we go again, to fall back into fear. See, slaves, why are slaves afraid? Because they're trying to avoid punishment. I'm going to work well so I don't get punished. See, some of us in this room, I can do this, we follow God and we serve him, and it's not, he's not mad at us, but we serve him as a slave. 
And we think that's the best there is, and we wonder why our faith is kind of exhausting. It's exhausting to try to guess. It's exhausting to live as a slave. You don't receive a spirit of slave to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, this is good, I like words, of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You've heard me say this before. I'm sure you've heard Daddy. That's an intimate term. Father, the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. You know. You know. You very rarely doubt, right? I mean, we all doubt if we're safe sometimes, but you ever think about the moment you're fearful? You're not actually fearful that you're not one of God's. You're just fearful that does he actually care? Where is he? Why has he abandoned me, right? Whatever else it is. By the way, I'm preaching to myself. You're not alone. I struggle with this. Testifies together with our spirit that we're God's children. And if children, if we're children, heirs, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Do you believe the Father stops loving Jesus? Why? Well, Todd, he was perfect and he did everything he was supposed to, exactly. And because of his atoning sacrifice, the trade happened. He took the, the, the uh, man, I am getting dumber. He took the effects of your sinful life and gave you the benefits of his perfect life. You are perfect in the sight of God because of Christ. <gasps> yes, you are. Sanctification isn't finished until you die, right, and you're fully glorified, but you're holy. You've been washed clean and made holy. That's not, right, that's, that's not a uh, one-time thing. That's over and over and over again because here's the deal. Some of you in the room say, oh, no, uh, right? Was Christ's sacrifice all sufficient or was it not? Jesus said it is finished. He didn't say, hey, it's, it's done until you mess up. It's finished. It's over. And then, but here's the part I want to say. Remember, we're trying to think of courage. Well, Todd, yeah, that sounds good. Listen, also heirs, heirs of God and cords of Christ. If indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. That's a weird, scary verse. You mean I have to suffer? I have to suffer to be glorified? Think of it a different way. The suffering proves whose you are. That's hard to hear. I'm going to say that again. The suffering you go through in this life at times proves that you are God's, that you are Jesus's. Why? Because if the world hated him, remember what Jesus said, they hated me, they will hate you. Life is easy for people that go along with the system. Guys, life is easy for the cookie-cutter, mass-marketed, sanitized version of American Christianity where you go on Sunday, you have a cool show, you get lifted up, and you go home. That's easy. Right? But remember... Thousands of people showed up when it came to giving bread. I say this all the time, right? Here's the bread. Here's, yeah, I love Jesus. How many were there when it came time to what? Be at the cross. You get it now? It's not that we have to prove it through our suffering. It's that the natural course of, of this life, of whether we follow Jesus, is going to be shown by are we willing to follow him in the suffering? That's why he says, carry your cross, count the cost before you say you follow me. It's fun when I'm given bread, but my call isn't just to come and receive bread. It's to crucify your flesh. It's to die to self. Crucify is painful. 
It's painful to give up the things that he's called you to give up. It's hard to follow him. If it wasn't, if it was all about getting bread, the whole world would be Christians. Right? If it was about just getting what you want when you want, do you follow him when it's dark still? Or do you turn back? This used to be one of my favorite verses in the time of my life, in my testimony, this next verse. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed to us. That is so beautiful. This is one of those times where it's like, you ever have something that impacts you and it doesn't impact someone else? And you're like, don't you get it? This song's really cool. You ever done that? Especially with songs. You share this song and they're like, you're crying and they're like, yeah, man, it's okay. Right? That's, one of, that's what's happening now. I'm telling you this and you're like, yeah, I guess it's okay. No, listen to this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, remember what he just said, if indeed we suffer with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed to us. Listen, the crucifying your flesh, the cost, the suffering that we have to go through, the darkness, the scary times, right? Though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, all of those things, and this is so hard, and we have to remember that our feelings aren't always trustworthy. That's why truth is so important. God's word is so important. Those things, even as bad as they are, you're not even going to think of it when the glory that's coming comes. You think when Christ comes, right, when you stand before him, whether he's returning in our lifetime or whether it's when you pass away, do you think you're going to think about your broken foot? You're going to think about the time you didn't have that money for the bill? You're going to think about the marriage problems that you made it through? You're not going to eat. You're not going to think about it. Let me put it this way. I'm not going to make you raise your hand. Some of you, all right, man, could you use some extra money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, people in the room going, yeah, I could use some, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah, you could use some extra money, right? So right now, those of you who are struggling, if I told you, right, hey, you have to continue to live the way you're living, but in six months, I'm going to give you $1 billion, and it was a guarantee, how would you view the next six months? Some of you are like, what does that mean, right? How would you view it? Would you be mad? Listen, I'll eat mayo with a spoon, and that's it, and sleep in a tent, or out in the, literally, I think I could sleep out in the rain with no, if I knew, it's just, hey, just six months, I'm counting the days, right? Now, I don't mean this in a morbid way, but man, how do we view death? How do we view all those things? If you knew that what's coming is so much better than what you can fathom, would it change your view of these dark moments? Because the valley doesn't last forever. Right? No, you asleep? I'll throw a podium. I promise you. I'm crazy. I don't promise. I'm not going to do that. That's a lie. And I'll get, I'll get fired because <clears throat> you're all my bosses and I know how you are. Anyway, <laughs> verse 19. Just remember that billion-dollar one. That would help you guys, right? Would you wait a year? If you knew it, not guarantee. You might have moments you doubt, like, man, I'm getting real cold out here. But I'd be real warm thinking about that money coming, right? <laughs> yeah. Listen, same thing, 19, for, cre- this is, for the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will be set free from the bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. That's wordy, right? That's pretty wordy. All of creation, remember he talked about the glory that's to come, all of creation is looking forward to that day. Right? All of creation is like, oh, I can't wait. And so do we. Right? 
It's looking forward to the moment that this, this brokenness, this evil, this uh, heartbreak, right? The disease and the death and the divorce and the murder and the war, all of these things stop. And all there is is light, love, and life. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains till now. I love the word of God, man. I'm not a woman, okay, so I can't fully relate to this. However, ladies that have had, you know, I've thought of this when you're having a baby. Some of you get so excited. I literally remember like when you get pregnant, you're like, yeah, and then my mind's going, do you realize what's coming? (laughs) Do Do you understand what's coming? I've thought that, and some of you are all like, yeah, I can't wait, and you do it again and again, right? That's even crazier. You go the first time, and I'm like, okay, you know, you, why do you do that? Because you know what's about to come is so much greater, right, than the pain you're having to go through in the moment. And that's why this is so awesome, right? Yeah, we're in labor pains right now, but something's coming that's going to make us forget all that. Not only that, and then listen to this, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruits, you're already redeemed. You're already sanctified, clean. You're already saved. You're already in the process of being transformed into that, right? We also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. How many times do you sit and go, man, is this it? Right? Oh, Lord, ah, this is hard. That's the groaning he's talking about here. We eagerly are waiting for adoption, right? But the redemption of our bodies to be transformed. Some of you, you know, you're, at, you're in the, the later stages of life, right? And it, even that, imagine when you don't have to go, oh, I'm already there, man, sometimes, oh, right at my back. All those years of football, I literally every day go, was that worth it? I, I, I don't know, right? Yeah, some of you all play ball, you know what I'm talking about. And then I go, yeah. <laughs> now in this hope, we were saved. Now listen to this, but hope that is seen is not hope, because who hopes for, he, for what he sees? Man, I hope this podium's here. That's, I would look crazy, right? Crazier. Yes, we don't hope. I mean, sometimes we, we, we kind of gloss over these things. Paul's saying it's so clever, right? You don't hope for things that you already have. You just have it. Hope is for the things that aren't seen, right? The things that aren't here yet, but you know they're coming. That's why you get so excited, right? Christmas morning, oh, boy. Now in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope because who hopes for what he sees? Now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. Ready? Billion dollars. That's that sentence right there in a nutshell. It's okay. I will eat the mayo soup. I will eat that for six months because why? I'm willing to be patient because I'm about to be filthy rich, right? You would. Kelsey wouldn't. She's like, that's what you get, grumpy face. I'm just kidding. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I love you. She's going to never come again. Anyway, in the same way, too late, you're already stuck. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. So even though we have to wait with patience, God doesn't just leave us in that, right? Oh, man, I'm waiting. What does it say? In the same way, the Spirit also helps in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. 
And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Pretty wordy. Long story short, sometimes life is so hard, so dark, we don't even know where to begin and what to pray for. And before you open your mouth, the Spirit has already translated your need to the Father. You ever have that feeling? A moment when you're like, what is God? I do. Why is this so hard? And Right? You know what I mean. Some of you are all like, this guy. Right? You, if you know what I mean, then, then you know what I mean. We aren't left here alone to wait. That's what I love what Jesus said. Remember last week, I'm going to send you the counselor. Don't worry. While I'm gone, I'm going to send you the counselor. And if I was still here, you wouldn't have the counselor. You wouldn't be empowered. So when you weren't close to me physically, you wouldn't have the encouragement right, that you have. When, the, when I'm not there to give you bread, you would get discouraged. But I'm going to send you the counselor who's with you forever, always. You'll never have to worry about not having hope or joy or peace. He's going to work things in you always. That's going to be the proof that I'm still with you and I'm coming. Even when it's hard, even when we can't see, courage, dear heart. He knows our heart and our mind. He hasn't left us in the dark moments. Here's another verse that was my verse in the midst of my my hardest trials. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God who are called according to his purpose. Now listen, good does not always mean, and I say this, and this is a hard truth to say, right? There are still babies with cancer. People are praying. There are still, uh, you know, there's still people struggling, and, and some of you in this, like, good, remember what I told you earlier, good is not, always only what we can see, only what we know. It doesn't mean health, wealth, and that really good smile, right? It doesn't, it doesn't mean that. Good isn't happiness always. That's why the Bible and the Holy Spirit, and God doesn't promise us happiness. He promises us joy. Happiness is dependent on circumstances. Joy is above them. That's not just Christianese. I know you're like, yeah, no, right? Have you ever had those moments when life is hardest and somehow you're at your most peaceful? Where does that come from? That's the proof. Everything in your life is working together for your good. Even if, you know, I don't know, I can't remember the, is, is the, man, I am getting dumber. Charlie Brown's friend, right, that's always in dirt and sad. What's his name? Linus, right? Pigsty, whatever. Linus and Pigsty. I think I mixed two characters. Anyway, right? <clears throat> I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, we at the end of the day, right? We we know all things work together for the good of those. I had a point, and then I got lost in peanuts. Uh, we're called according to His purpose. Sometimes, like we 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 can't we can't focus on the. Oh yeah, now I remember. Even if everything went bad all the time. From this point on in your life, nothing got better according to you, right? And, and I mean that. Did you know that he still already worked out things for your good? Remember what I told you, when eternity comes, you're not going to think about all this. You're not going to worry. You're not going to fear. Good is coming. That's a promise. The problem is, and I'll get to that. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. He knew that you were going to be his. The plan's already set. You are. He is going to finish the good work he started in you. He's going to keep his promises. 
You guys sleepy? Okay. <laughs> so some of you are going, yes. And those he predestined. By the way, that's encouraging there at the end of 29. For, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Right? He's, he's just the head. We're going to have the same things. Right? The new body, the glorified body, to be with the Father. And those he predestined, he also called. Man, those he knew, right? And those he called, he also justified. Made your, your sentence is commuted. It's gone. You're made right legally. And those he justified, he also glorified. He's going to finish the good work he starts. This is where I sit down because some of you aren't listening. Let me tell you, you're so focused on getting your girlfriend, your boyfriend, getting your husband, your wife, getting that job, getting that money, right? Getting that position in church, whatever it is that you're looking for next, you're so frustrated that that hasn't come yet that you're missing the blessings that you have. Because I promise you this, and no one, I didn't listen to it either. In the moment, it's hard to see that. When you have that, you're going to find out that it wasn't everything that you thought it was going to be. That doesn't mean that it's not a good thing, but it doesn't fulfill you. And, you know, that's why the divorce rate's what it is. Oh, I'm going to be so happy when you fulfill me. Well, you don't fulfill me anymore. Maybe this pretty face will. And that's not to shame anyone. That's just reality, right? 31, what then are we to say about these things? What things? Tough life, hard, all the things that happened before. If God is for us, who is against us? Do I need to even tell you that? That's, it might be true. If you knew, I've said this before right now, right? You're coming to bully me, and all of a sudden, out of the door comes God, and he's standing behind me, and you're, about, you're going to punch me when he's going. Not the grumpy way some of you all are doing, but like in a very threatening, I'm going to beat you up way. That's what this is, by the way, right? I do it too. No, you wouldn't, Right? If God is for us, who's against us? He did not even spare his own son, but gave, up, but gave him up for us. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Listen, he was willing to let him die for you. Do you think it stops there? How much farther will he go for you? What will he do for you? What more does he need to do to prove how much he loves you? It doesn't stop, okay, I loved you this much once, now I hate you. No. Who can, oh man, this is so good. It makes me want to hide. This is so good. Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. This is one I need to listen to. Sometimes I let those voices get in my head. Sometimes I let your guys' voices get in my head. Who can bring an accusation against you? Who can say that you're not his? Who can say you're not good enough? Who can say that you're condemned? Who can say? Who can do that? When God himself has said, that's not true. Who can bring an accusation against a son or daughter of the Most High King? No one. 34, who is the one who condemns? Oh, God, I got ahead of myself. Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He is also at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. He's still alive. He's with me. She's with me, Father. You know why you don't believe that? Because you can't fathom the kind of love he has for you. If it, well, if he knew what I did, he already does. That's the, that's the secret. You want to know something really crazy? He knew you were going to do it when he saved you. Now that'll get you, right? 
He knew that you were going to sin, fall, make that mistake when he called you and saved you. Man, these days we have a lot of scripture. It's tough. As I can tell. I can't tell. You know, here's the thing. When you preach a long time, sometimes, sometimes you can tell, sometimes you can't. Right? I understand why people bring squirt guns and stuff up here. It keeps you guys lively. Right? People, people do that. I've seen it. Right? Put jello in it or something. Anyway, it's hard to know whether you're thinking or sleeping. Right? Some of you make it easy, right? Zach, for instance, back in the day, right? You don't have to guess if he's, if he's sleeping. I'd appreciate if you're a sleeper if you just go ahead and fully commit, right? Then I don't have to wonder. <clears throat> who is the one who condemns? Right? But even more, he's been raised. He is also at the right hand of God. Jesus himself is always interceding for you. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can I separate you? Listen, can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, because of you we are being put to death all day long. We're counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Oh no, 37. Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. What is every created thing? Everything. Rulers, right? You're like, well, that doesn't mean that can mean a lot of things. Yeah, it can mean government. It can also mean demons, right? Nothing can separate you. Not even you can separate you from the love of God. See, sometimes I'm real arrogant. I'll be like, hey, Satan can't separate me from the love, the love of God, but I can. Well, are you saying I'm arrogant or you? Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right? Sometimes I do. Do you ever do that? Do you ever think, man, I've went too far? I can't even separate me from the love of God. Now, if I really believed that, how bold would I be? Now do you understand for my, when Paul says, right, for his power is made perfect in my weakness, would you hide? Would you fake it? Would you put a mask on? Why would you need to? Why do you need to fake it? Why do you need to hide? Why do you need to pretend that you have it all together? Why do you have to put forth, oh, we're the perfect married couple, all the while you're crying at night? Even though he said, go, go, come to me, go to your brothers and sisters. No, if I do that, they're going to think I'm bad. Do they separate you from the love of God? See, that's how Christian culture becomes skewed and gets led astray, and that's how we end up with what we have today. Because what? We allow people's opinions of us to dictate how we live. Well, I can't show that because they're going to think I'm not a Christian anymore. Who cares? The testimony comes that even though I'm like this, I am saved and called and justified and glorified and sanctified holy. When we hold on to those things, man, we're acting like that's more powerful than God. Nothing can separate us from that. You know, my point in this series is, is there's, a, there's a lot more to come if it's a series, which I think at this point it's clearly going to be. <clears throat> in order for you to have, for your, for your heart to take courage, the very first thing you have to understand, and I'm going to preach this three times a year probably, and if you come here, and it should be, because you have to be reminded. That's why God reminds us how much he loves you. And by the way, some of all you tough guys in the room, I'm pretty tough too, okay? And guess what I want? I want to know my father loves me. So quit pretending you're too tough to care. 
There's a reason you're tough. Because nobody loved you that way. That's at least, I'll be honest, that's me, right? I got to be hard. It used to be my model. So still there's nobody's coming. So I got to figure it out. But he is. He already did. You got to wake up and you got to grasp this. That's why people sometimes, I remember this lady came when we first got this building. It was one of your friends. I don't remember her name. She came with her kid, and this was so mean of her. She was a very nice lady. <laughs> she comes up to me after service, and this is probably some of you that have thought this. And she goes, hey, Todd. I'd met her once today. She goes, hey, how you doing? And she goes, it was a nice service, but my, my daughter asked a question. And they're the cutest little girl in the world. She's like, she said, mommy, why is he so mad? And immediately I was like, I'm going home, right? Like I retire, right? Because I get it. I can, let me tell you why I, see, I call it passion. <laughs> because I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. I want you to stop living a half-life in the shadowlands, right? I want you to grasp what's happening and live in joy and peace. I want you to go out and be light and salt, not Linus. Connection again. Ooh, I'm Eeyore. And I can say that because I wrestle with this. My mother's out there. I'm, I'll never forget this. Every year she'd get us a new Christmas ornament, right? We get to pick them out usually. This year she, she uh, picked them for us, right? My sister got like Winnie the Pooh. My little brother got Tigger and I got Eeyore, right? That's a true story. You know why? Because I'm very Eeyore-ish. But you know why I am? Because I, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to be let down, Right? But that's, the, that's not living in the truth of God's word. My entire life would change if I believed I love, that God loved me as much as I love my little daughter. Just that much. So yeah, I get mad when I look out and see you all snoring or half asleep or leaving. And then some of the people in the room are hearing this for the first time. And you have let a truth, an eternal truth, become normal to you. How biz- and then you wonder why, well, faith is just serving. It's not going to be alive. You don't want it to be alive. Wake up. I, am old, I was old enough when I was saved to remember before Jesus, and some of you all were 10, and you live in this strange arrogance that, no, that this incredible truth isn't true anymore. It's just like, well, duh, Todd, everyone knows they love them. <laughs> I don't know why I always think that's how you sound. It's just how you sound. Ridiculous. Wake up. Hold it. Hold it. Effort. Grab it. Are you strong enough that if everyone in this church turned around right now and pointed a finger and said, you're disgusting, you're evil, I see what you did, that you could still say he loves me? I pray to God you never have a moment like that that happens, but I have. And in that moment, you'll truly come to understand where's my faith in, what's it in? Is it in this or is it in him? Truth doesn't stop being truth just because the majority says it's a lie. Broad, right, is the way to destruction. Narrow is the path of life, and few will find it. All right, there's far fewer people than you think, so stop letting people, even if they call themselves Christian, tell you something that isn't true. Because we may find out at the end of the day that they're just goats hiding among the sheep. We have to follow the shepherd. 
So this series, this courage, take courage, dear heart, has to, it starts with a simple thing. He's not gone. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Now, I could turn this into some conviction because there's a lot of things in here in this section where he says he loves you that way. Who are you not to love someone else? I'll leave you with that little nugget for those that want some conviction, right? Who are you not to love your husband because you don't like the way he does what, you, what he does? Who are you not to like your wife and not to love your wife because she doesn't respond to you the way that you want her to? Who are you? Do you realize who you are? Do you realize how much you've been loved? How much have you justified your hate? Thank God for Jesus Christ and the fact that that doesn't happen to us, right? That, that he loves me better than I love other people. So I'm gonna leave you with this, right? Courage, dear heart. In the midst of all you raised your hand, you're in trials, you're in, you're in discouraging times. Are you able to wake up sleepy? Can you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you? I'm gonna make fun of AJ, right? You got tattoos, that's what happens. Anyway, right? Wake up. <clears throat> Cut that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, that's what happens, bro. You're an intern here you, and you're sleepy. That's what's gonna happen. That's a warning for the rest of you. Anyway, Listen and focus. Courage, dear heart. Here's your list. How do you have courage? What can I leave you with today from all this section? You got it pulled up. Come on, stay with me. Not, we got an X. It's not here. It's gone. Now he brought it up. Why did you give me an X? I'm just kidding. This is a strange day. All right, courage, dear heart. Number one, God loves you. Todd, I know. That's the whole point. You don't believe that. God loves you. Do you know that, Matt? He loves you. He smiled a little bit. He's like, does he? Yeah, he loves you. God loves you. He even loves you, AJ. He loves you, man, right? Even when you're going, <laughs> I can make fun of him and just pretend it's you, right? Sleep. God loves you. And I put that in all caps because that's important. God loves you. Ah, love to me can kind of lose meaning because I don't really believe anyone in this world loves me and my flesh, right, because of wounds and stuff. So you can, kind of, can lose meaning. But deep down, like I really want to be loved, right? So that's, that's encouraging to me. Number two, he is always, if he loves us, and from this word, he is always working for your good. Always. Well, things are dark. He's working for your good. Things are scary. He's working for your good, right? My health is failing. I know that's hard. He's working for your good. My marriage is struggling. He's working for your good. Courage, dear heart. He's still there in the middle of the darkness. Even when the darkness doesn't fade, when you're in the valley, he's still there. Do I walk through the shadow the uh, valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil for why? My rod, the staff, they come for me, right? He's not leaving you. He's always working for you and your good. Always. Number three, nothing, and I, this is important, not even you can make him stop loving you. In Christ, now some of you all listen, I want to be very clear. If you're not in Christ, if you haven't done what it said, remember? If you haven't confessed Jesus as the Son of God and believed it, this doesn't apply to you. I'm sorry, that's a fact. That's a hard truth. Because I'm not loved solely based on how lovable I've been. I'm loved because of Jesus. Because I've been washed clean. And you are guilty. But I'm a good person. You're not good enough. But if you have done that, nothing, not even you, can make him stop loving you. 
Number four, you got to hold on to his love with everything you have. If you want to have courage, you have to hold on to it. What does that mean? It's not a feeling. When I told you earlier, you know, I talk about this a lot here, and I believe some of you guys just gloss over it because we're at the end. i got to hurry. We've got something really important coming. But anchor verse. you got to have why I call it my anchor verse is it's something that anchors me to God's truth. That's how I know Romans 8.18 by heart. That's how I know Romans 8.28. That's how I know Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation in Christ by heart. Because in the moments when it doesn't feel true, I say the truth to myself. Nice. Thank you for being awake, Juju. Number Five, even if you don't feel like you can hold on to him any longer, it's okay because he still hold on to you. Why? He said it. I'll never let go of one of these you've given to me. Gospel of John. When? How? Why? Always and forever. Always and forever. She's going to come play some music. I'm going to leave you with this briefly. Simple. I know you're sleepy. I'm making fun of you guys hardcore today because you just this is such a truth and you just you just letting it go. All right? It's AJ, it's your fault, man. Front row, tattoos. All right. Just kidding. Some people that don't know me at all think I'm condemning tattoos. No, just AJ. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, I want you to consider this and think this through, right? Listen. Courage, dear heart. I don't know what's going on. And there's times that like people come and I don't have the answers. I don't. There's things people right now that who people I love dearly that are going through things. People I love dearly whose relatives are going through things that make me cry if I think about it. I can't imagine. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I maybe I could even do what I'm telling you to do. But here's what I know: in the midst of that moment, the darkness, the hopelessness, the hurt, He is still right there, and He is still whispering the same thing. Courage, dear heart, I'm coming. How do you know? Because I've never left. He's never left. You know, I've said this before, and I don't say it a lot, but I think, you know, sometimes our mind, whether it's my mind or the Holy Spirit ministering me, I thought of times in worship one time, I'll never forget this, stuck in my head, and I had this cry in my heart, God, why did you allow this to happen to me when I was a kid? All these, all these want to go, why did you let this happen? And I just had this, this flash, right, in every moment he was in the corner looking, in every place he was there, right? Why? Just like that video, because I am who I am because of that. He used what was meant for evil, right, for good. Every tear I cried, right? has been turned around. Every broken moment has been restored and and used for his glory. And that's the truth. And that's why we cry in that video because that word, look how far you've come. Sometimes we don't slow down enough to let ourselves see. Yeah, it's been hard, but man, look where I'm at. Will you hold on when it's hard? And some of you in the room, maybe you're like me and the whole world's condemning you. Funny thing, when the world condemns me, I end up finding out I'm condemning me too, right? It's very easy. It's just noise. It's just static. I hold on to God's truth over and over and over again because it is true. And there's gonna come a day promise is made. It's in his word. Look it up. There will be no more crying or pain for the old has passed away and behold the new has come. We are the first fruits, right, of what's happening, right? Jesus, Jesus 
set the stage. He's coming back. And guys, listen, I haven't said this a lot. I'm not one of those people, but boy, it does seem like it's, it's, it's it, we're closer today than we were yesterday to him coming back. And that's scary unless you're with him. And if you're with him, and it's, it's hard for me. I still get scared. And I'm like, why am I scared, man? I'm with this guy, right? Good is coming. I'm sorry you're hurting. I'm sorry that you feel like you're not loved. I'm sorry that times are hard. So many of you raised your hand. And I have no answer for what's going on. I don't. I'm not even going to pretend. I'm not going to tell you that if you pray today that, 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 that the sky is going to brighten tomorrow. But that's the beauty of that scene. I can promise you this. He's still right there with you. And if that's the case, if you can't be separated from his love by what? Dark times or heartbreak or disease or famine, right? Height, depth. If nothing can separate you from the love of God, then what do we know? He's working it out for your good. Believe that even when it seems hard. Choose to believe it. We're gonna have time to respond and pray. Maybe you just need to come up and say, Lord, it feels dark. Show me some light, right? Whisper to me. Right? I need a Lucy moment, right? I need a Lucy moment. Courage, dear heart. He does love you. Whatever you do, right? And if you're in this room, I guess I, I, I almost got to the end here, my little insane until I say this. If you haven't confessed and believed, it doesn't matter if you're like, yeah, I think he's a good person. I like him. If you have not said the words, Lord, forgive me for what I have done. I believe you are who you said you are. I, com I commit my life to you. I turn away from my whole life. If you haven't verbally said it, right, I would challenge whether you have done it. Well, Todd, you have to say it? No, there are people, if you can't talk, right, he hears. I just said he hears the groanings of our heart. But if you're unwilling to talk, that's different. That's pride. A lot of people think they're good but at the end of the day, they've never bowed the knee. The bottom line is God created everything good and this world is dark and gross and evil at times and it's hard. Why? Because we turned away from God. We rejected him as our God. We said we can decide what's right and wrong and we now see the effects of that. Sin entered the world. It's a disease. It's not just the things we do. It's not your bad actions. That's why no matter how hard you try, you can't fix yourself. Take a cough drop for the cop, but cough but you need something for the disease. You can't fix yourself. You're not good enough to be in relationship with God. Because of your sin and mine, we are separated from a holy God. The Bible says, right, that the, everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of you have an excuse. I'm pretty good, not good enough. You've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If that's the case, you're falling short, you're not with him. What else does it say? The wages of sin are death. It's death. You're going to, well, I know I'm going to die. No, there's a difference. There's death, and then there's what's going to come. Hell is real. And it's too late then. And you wouldn't bow anyway. Today is your opportunity. Even in the midst right now of your brokenness and your sin and the hopelessness you feel that, Todd, I'm in trouble then. I'm in trouble. You are in trouble. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ. God invaded this earth. He gave his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth existed. He performed miracles to prove who he was. He taught us the truth about the kingdom, about his love, about sin and death, and more importantly, life. And then on the cross, he died 
for your sins and mine, the atoning sacrifice. He stepped in the way of the firing squad. He took the electric chair. He took it for you. But here's the deal. If you want the transaction that he offers, I will take what you, I will take the punishment for your sins, the wages, and I will give you the benefit of my life, but you have to ask me and you have to stop doing life your way. Repent. Jesus over and over says, repent. Turn away from your life. Repent. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, if you confess through the lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, if you repent and believe those things and do that, you will be saved, period. You don't have to fix it all yourself, but you do have to come to him. You have to humble yourself and you have to ask. If you do that, you're saved forever and ever, and he will seal you with the Holy Spirit, and you never have to live in shame or fear again. You have that opportunity today. There's going to be people up here willing to pray with you. Well, I don't want to pray with other people. Then do you want it that bad? You see what I mean? It's not about that you need those people. It's about the heart condition. And I can tell you right now, if you're in this room and don't know them, you don't know how to do it because I didn't. I needed someone to pray with me and show me. Right? Help me to understand in that moment. This is your opportunity. Whether you're four or 120 in this room, maybe you've fooled your church, today is the opportunity you're given to be made right and to know God's never-ending love. Whatever you do, don't leave the same as you came in because if you do, you're choosing to.